Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from us all at TNT Radio. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Hi, welcome back to Sky Dragon Slaying. Uh, we're coming to the end of 2023. Uh, shortly, we'll be looking at uh, 2024 and, and the prospects of 2024. But you know, I took a bit of a wrap up of the, the last 12 months or so. And, um, you know, we've had quite a few guests on the show that, um, again, who have part of the Great Awakening, you know, Joe and Joe, that they realize that their, their normal entrenched positions, believing the mainstream, have unraveled. You know, they've unraveled and they're realizing that we are in a process of transition. And the big talking point on the geopolitical uh, front is the the demise of the U.S. hegemony. You know, the United States is no longer the, the, the superpower that has its own way. Um, the BRICS nations, uh, we talked about it before, you know, the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're on the rise. And I think there's no greater validation than that, than the fact that, um, you know, even the most uh, respected military analysts, uh, for example, former White House advisor, Colonel Douglas McGregor, he's pretty much predicted that uh, it's a matter of time before Russia uh, has complete dominance in Ukraine, that war is won by Russia. Um, he also predicted that Israel is in crisis. Um, it's losing against Hamas. Um, the powers that be, um, their grip, um, the, the power base has always been, it appears to be London, New York, sorry, Washington rather, and uh, Rome, the Vatican, um, each having their own role to play. London, you know, City of London being the financial capital, um, Washington, D.C. being the military arm, you know, the big hammer to, to beat people with, and uh, Rome, Rome um, apparently being, you know, the the the, uh, the, the den of iniquity during to do with the satanic cult. I mean, I, I don't know whether to believe it or not, guys. I, I, I've read it. We've had Joachim Hagopian on the show. Joachim, respected analyst, military analyst, West Point graduate. He goes along with this, doesn't he? He, he? he does argue that there's pedophilia, there's grooming, that everything is coercion, everything is um, the honey trap. The Jeffrey Epstein uh, black book, that has to be coming out soon. Apparently, over 100 names may be being released, and that's going to rattle a few cages, gentlemen. Um, we think everything is linked. Uh, Joe Olson, you're probably more than any of us. You know, you've got your finger on the conspiracy theory pulse. What do you say to all that? Well, yeah, just want to do one quote from the Japanese researchers article that we have posted. As their work progressed, they discovered that roughly 100 separate Omicron subvariants could not possibly have arisen naturally. The existence of these variants and their systemic order in which they appeared provide conclusive evidence of a large-scale lab creation and release of the COVID-19 viruses. We were upfront on this uh, COVID issue from the very beginning uh, because I had read John M. Barry's book, The Great Influenza, which is like 450 pages with a 50-page bibliography, which was published, I believe, in 2005. And uh, my grandmother had lost her mother, father, and little brother in 1918 to the uh, Spanish flu. And so I had a personal um, connection with what happened to the victims of that time. And you'd mentioned the masks being a contributing factor. Well, there were some other contributing factors. One of them was that they were whipping up all kinds of new um, cocktails for uh, vaccinations, 
and pharmaceuticals that just started, there was no ability to see a virus with an optical uh, microscope because the virus is smaller than the wavelength of light and the light doesn't have anything to bounce off and show you an image. And so that first um, subatomic particles were seen with electron microscopes in 1930, which meant that anything they produced had number one, no ability to distinguish uh, purity or um, quantity. And so they were just whipping up these concoctions, uh, mainly given diseases to horses and then taking the horse serum blood and claiming that these anti quote antibodies are going to uh, cure you when in fact they had no proof that they work number one and number two anytime you're using a living host to reproduce an antibody you get a little bit of dna absorption from your host and so the whole concept of viruses needs to be publicly questioned and the whole concept of vaccines need to be uh, questioned but the other factors were that they had allowed the use of um, aspirin, FDA had approved the use of aspirin, and doctors said, well, if you got a fever, just keep taking aspirin until your fever goes away. A lot of the hemorrhagic effects that were quoted from the Spanish flu were actually blood that was being blown out of the eyes and nose and mouth of people who'd been uh, poisoned by overdose of aspirin. Uh, in addition to inoculating all of the new troops for World War One with multiple experimental vaccines, they shipped them in open cattle cars over to the uh, East Coast, put them on freighters where they bivouacked on the deck of the boats to go to gas-filled trenches in uh, World War One, where all of these different threat vectors added up to make the uh, Spanish flu kill probably 50, 60 million people worldwide when all of these vectors could have been uh, prevented had we not had the Espionage Act and Woodrow Wilson jailed 50 newspaper editors for recommending quarantines or for even mentioning the number of dead. They had wagons going through U.S. cities, bring out your dead, bring out your dead, just exactly like um, the uh, Monty Python movie. And, and that's exactly what was going on, but you weren't allowed to mention any of those facts. And so bottom line is by controlling media and controlling the government, they were able to uh, extenuate the amount of damage that the world um, experienced under that pandemic. And then they always used it as a model. And the crazy thing is that when they did the human genome in 2006 and they were able to start coming back and doing the genetic analysis of everything they dug up world war one soldiers extracted the variant and said well now we've isolated the most powerful um disease that ever happened and then they started checking and they went well wait a minute this same disease happened in 1896 it happened in 1957 <laughs> the same h1n1 virus that they blame for the spanish flu has has reappeared on a uh 10 or 20 year cycle for the last 100 years and had nothing to do with the Spanish flu. So that's how absurd the whole medical quote science is. It's as, as manipulated as any other science on the planet. And we need to have open discussions about all of this. Yeah, I, I, I want to just address the point that they're mocking us. I like the idea that um, it's been raised many times. If you if you do a deep dive, you can see a thread like a despicable psychopathic mocking a mockery of normal people those people who just don't have the time or the intellect to, to actually check the facts one of the things you pointed out was the omicron variant the omicron 
COVID-19 variant that came out uh, last year, that, that again, is, that people have pointed out that's an anagram for moronic. And uh, we've got a new variant. The new variant that um, emerged uh, firstly detected in Denmark on July 24th is the Parola variant, Parola. Anybody who knows anything about the uh, the emerging, the new virus, allegedly going to be another pandemic, it's Nomicron BA.2 sublineage. Um, they're predicting a surge in COVID cases from this Parola. Uh, again, if you look into what the word Parola means, it's Galician. It's a, it's a slang word for cock or penis. We're being mocked, gentlemen, aren't we? It seems to be. I mean, I want to bring up the the a couple of quotes I, I referenced this just a few minutes ago I th actually that was during a break so let's uh this is a quote from jfk and a lot of people think that this was just talking about communism but and i have one from hoover edgar hoover actually joe you would know because you're an american what's what's the the the, the time difference between uh, jfk and hoover as far as the, the presidents who came when oh um um uh... Herbert Hoover was president after Calvin Coolidge, and he was president for one term, and he served from 1928 to 1932. So, yeah, but then there was so, a later Hoover, right? Wasn't there? Well, J. Edgar Hoover's been in charge of the FBI since 1924 to 1978, so J. Edgar Hoover... I'm not oh, sure which. Yeah, but he was he wasn't president, right? Yeah, Jade. Okay. Anyway, sorry about the historical details. So let me just uh, quote this uh, quote from uh, from JFK: "For we are we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covert means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltrations instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day." It is a system which has constricted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its operations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No rumor is printed. No secret is revealed. And then the one from uh, J. Edgar Hoover is... The individual is handicapped by coming face to face with a conspiracy so monstrous that he cannot believe it exists. The mind simply has not come, the human mind or the American mind simply has not come to a, a realization of the evil which has been introduced into our midst. The mind rejects even the assumption that human creatures could espouse um, a philosophy which must ultimately destroy all that is good and decent. So these people are shocked by something they have stumbled upon the writing as if they're shocked and stunned and these people i mean if you're head of the fbi you obviously have a good deal of knowledge of of uh, command and control and how to you know uh, uh research uh, you know criminal conspiracies and things like that jfk obviously the head of the united states at a time when it was you know uh, after world war ii it was the world superpower it, it had all the military might one could ever ask for and jfk as the head of, of the us is saying holy i'm looking at something we've stumbled upon something which is blowing my mind which is far beyond something that i have ever imagined as head of the united states and, and being a world superpower what the heck are these guys referring to what can be prompting them to to write in in such you know prose you really get the sense that they are shocked that that they are reeling and this is almost you know the sensation i have 
when I encounter scientists who who hate me because I'm saying that you know flat Earth theory is wrong and and sphere theory is good when it comes to the climate, it's shocking. Uh, you know, obviously that's minor what I found. But these but these guys, JFK, Hoover, they found something which is shocking them to to the core. And uh, you know, John, you were referencing earlier. Uh, you know. The, the power base between the city of London, financial, uh, the Vatican, which is, you know, religious and, and a spiritual power mm-hmm. and the, uh, well, the U S the, the military power, right? So you have, mm-hmm. you have three branches there. So what kind of intelligence could be coordinating these things? Because what JFK and who are referring to, it seems to be, they're acknowledging something that's beyond the normal expected human capabilities of command and control. It's yeah. almost like they're seeing something which is so far above an intelligence that it's it's shaking them to the core. I mean, what what do you think is being referred to yeah. here? It's it's almost like they're, you know, the the idea of, from the Bible of powers and principalities that go far beyond human intelligence. Yeah, one name that you could add quite feasibly and, and quite rightly to, to those names you you just gave to us was the Eisenhower, you know, President Eisenhower. Um, when he left office, um, handing over to JFK, he, he made a very prophetic speech on TV, a public speech at the time, not really uh, seen for, for its true value, but many, many years later today, it's, it's very prescient. And uh, he talked about the military industrial complex. And he said, gone are the days when the, the lone innovator will be working away, uh, inspired and creating the betterment of humankind. Uh, the future is about the collective, the idea that the military-industrial collective, military-industrial complex, will not allow uh, individuals uh, the right to autonomy. Um, we're living in dark times because um, if you do believe in a white hat, black hat uh, kind of duality, a war going on, a spiritual war going on, which I think there, there's credibility in, and uh, you know, as we know, we've had guests on the show, uh, notably Joachim Hagobian, he was a great advocate of this war against good and evil. Uh, he frames it uh, pretty much you know, as simply as a case of that uh, those who believe in religion are fighting for their autonomy and the right to uh, the traditional values, the right for the family, self-determination, to, to just be left alone. And, and you've got the dark forces, those who don't care about spirituality, um, who use religion as a stick to beat us with. In fact, it's divide and conquer. The dark forces, those the black hats, very carefully have uh, infiltrated all the main Abrahamic religions and are using it to divide and conquer us. Uh, and again, I, I tend to think Hagopian might be onto something because in the Middle East conflict again is, you know, an unnecessary uh, narrative, that, an, an unfitting narrative because it's portrayed as uh, Jews against Muslims. Uh, more more properly uh, framed as a, an issue of self-sovereignty. You know, the idea that Palestinians should have the right to self-determination. Um, I'm sure you gentlemen are picking up on the, hey, we've had it, you know, divide, identity politics, divide and conquer, divide us by gender, divide us by race, divide us by religion. Um, it's the old uh, art of war, Sun Tzu, isn't it? The idea that you let you, you de- defeat your enemy in detail and ideally you let them fight amongst themselves. Joelson, do you want want to comment on that? Yeah. Uh, First of all, Eisenhower was a Council of Foreign Relations member from 1924. He was uh, moved up through the chain of command without uh, any merit at all. 
And so I have a little bit of problem with him. He authorized 2,500 nuclear tests during his eight years as president. And then uh, while he was president in 1954, they passed the 5412 Commission, which allowed the vice president of the United States to uh, extraditionally execute anybody worldwide without notifying the president so that the president would have plausible deniability. And he was uh, aware that this was passed. And, and under him, Tricky Dick authorized dozens of executions. Uh, LBJ authorized the execution of the president of Vietnam exactly two weeks before he authorized the uh, execution of the president of the United States. But as far as the divide and conquer thing, there's a great scholar, Thomas Sewell, who has a wonderful quote. And I want to thank you, Joe, for uh, putting the two quotes from JFK and J. Edgar Hoover in on the banking. But this is uh, Thomas Sewell's quotes. Differences are not inequities. Achievements are not privileges. When people get used to preferential treatment, equal treatment seems like discrimination. And so they use every threat vector possible to uh, exterminate human beings, and they use every um, social division line possible to segment people so that we are not able to organize against them. And that includes uh, race, sex, age, um, you know, uh, preference, all of these different religions uh, or place of origin. All of these things are vectors that they use to keep us pitted against each other. And I wrote a great satire about this at Canada Free Press called Pinata Planet Syndrome, where basically the wealthy bankers that control the world blindfold the citizens, spin us around in a circle. When they're diz when we're dizzy, they hand us a stick and then say, hit the globe. And when we bust open the paper mache globe full of candy, they push us out of the way and go, all the candy's mine. Great documentary video on that is um, All Wars Are Bankers Wars by Michael Rivera. And then I also highly recommend the website Tales of American Empire. Over 130 uh, videos on YouTube with archival footage. Most of them are 10 to 15 minutes long. And the latest one that they just did was uh, United States War Against Russia. Um, and this was uh, number 12 in that series. And they go through all the ways that we stage set every one of these wars, uh, starting with the invasion of Russia and Sweden in uh, 1710, uh, then Napoleon in 1812, then the British in, uh, eight, and French in 1850 in Crimea, then the Japanese in 1905, then the Bolshevik Revolution. Then, you know, so it's just constant. They're trying to break apart this large country, which has 11 percent of the world's uh, surface area. Our, our uh, land mass is Russian, and it, they want to balkanize it because that way they can uh, easily, more easily manipulate the, the smaller governments and the less powerful government. And that's yeah. exactly what the whole thing's been about. Yeah, we're going to take a short break now. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Patrick Henningsen. There's a dark cloud which is gathering over Ukraine. This has been an absolute disaster. In the last month alone, as I reported previously, Ukraine's lost 13,000 troops in October. So what does that mean? Well, you can guess that recruitment is probably down. So right now, the government in Kiev, the Zelensky government's doing forced conscription. Morale is at an all-time low. Uh, we've also seen conscientious objectors uh, who are taking to social media like Telegram, who 
have reported uh, that they were just finished a six-month prison sentence uh, after refusing to go to the front line. Some of the forced conscripts rebelled, were imprisoned for six months, did a six-month sentence, and then the day before their release, they were put into a van and then sent to the front line. I kid you not. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT Radio. When you can point me to an industry, to a platform, that reaches 250 million people a month, virtually nine out of 10 Americans. That's real, that's substantive, that's important. And that reach and that touch point and that daily reinforcement, it's an amazing place to be able to communicate messages. That's massive. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. It's time to switch on today's News Talk Radio. Very entertaining. TNT. I, I welcome back. Uh, we're having an interesting conversation. Essentially, we're, we're rounding up, wrapping up the year 2023. Uh, initially, in the first hour of this show, we talked about the COP28 conference. Um, we then moved on to a bit more, a bit more of a deep dive at uh, the underlying geopolitical forces. You know, the, the, the narrative is built upon many, many decades of uh, misdirection, misinformation, and effectively, whoever wins the war controls the history narrative. And uh, we believe that. We believe that. Um, the American hegemony, you know, very much built upon the UK uh, idea of imperialism. You know, we have an imperialistic uh, attitude in the West. Um, you know, it's given the world the English language and a certain amount of uh, good legal practices that a lot of people welcome. But the dark side is that um, there's exploitation, there's corruption, uh, crony capitalism is you know something that we're all aware of, and the the myth that democracy is is the the you know the benefit of everybody. Well, we're getting pushback. We're getting pushback on those notions. It's a, it's a fake narrative because if you're American, if you're a conservative, you definitely don't believe that the de- democratic process has been working. If you support Donald Trump. Um, likewise, if you're in the Middle East, you know, the, the, the claim that Israel is the only democratic nation in the Middle East, gent- gentlemen, is as, as if it's some kind of beacon for goodness, when uh, most of the world now condemns Israel uh, for genocide. And, uh, you know, we're looking at maybe at the precipice of World War Three. Uh, we've talked about Gaza and Israel. We've talked about the idea that, um, you know, we're looking at uh, people behind the scenes. It's, we know that the, the public figures, the, the uh, Justin Trudeau's, uh, Rishi Sunak's, you know, the Bill Gates's of the world, even the Elon Musk's of the world, we, we know that they don't really have the power, that they, they really are the front men, that there are people behind the scenes. Um, Joe Olson, you know, um, as our resident expert conspiracy theorist, I think I, think I call you that in, in good faith, um, you know, can you frame that for us? You know, summarize what's been going on. Everything's linked, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And what you have to recognize is the number of failures that the United States government has had in imposing their imperialism worldwide. Uh, we lost in Vietnam. Uh, we lost in uh, Afghanistan. We lost in uh, all, all through the Middle East, Iraq, and we're still occupying Syria. Uh, we decimated the entire country of Libya, which is a horrible thing to do. Um, but a very interesting other video channel that I would like to offer up is the Academy of Ideas. 
and they have a 20 minute video on the mass psychosis of totalitarianism. So if you want to understand the psychological roots of what our enemy is using to manipulate against us, this is a really well done. It's a, an animated series which has animated um, drawings that go across as they're doing the narration, but it's 20 minutes long. And the reason I brought that one up is because James um, Corbett at the Corbett Report had a bit shoot uh, video that he posted this week on a group that's trying to uh, author itself as being the ultimate authority on uh, particularly global warming and conspiracies. It's how to debunk conspiracy theories out of Queensland University. And um, in one of their uh, segments, he mentioned the uh, school of thought. And I thought, man, that sounds all, uh, very similar to after school, S-K-O-O-L. And so I looked it up and, and that's where I came back with the, uh, and I believe we posted that uh, mass psychosis of totalitarianism at PSI. It was up two years ago, but it's very important to understand how you're being manipulated so that you can eliminate the manipulation factor and you can better judge data on your own. So I highly recommend the James Corbett video on the propaganda. Uh, and, and I highly recommend the mass psychosis of totalitarianism. Yeah. I, I just to wrap I uh, just to, uh, add on to what you said about that particular article yeah we posted it uh in june uh, earlier this year actually mass psychosis how an entire population becomes mentally ill written by after school um yeah fascinating article because um again th there's science on this there's science it, this is uh something that happened you know the idea of the witch hunts you know the idea that uh, in america and in europe uh, we've had tyranny tyranny that's been prompted by uh an, an epidemic of fear, and I, and I think this again is something that uh, the powers that be are very aware, well aware of. If you can whip up fear, then our reasoning skills kind of are, are diminished. We tend to follow the herd. We have a we are essentially humans are a herd animal. We do tend to follow, uh, you know, the, the panic. For example, if you're in a building that's burning and you see people rushing out the fire exit, you, you just follow, don't you? you? We have that mindset. It, it's very hard to pause for a moment um because the idea is that it's impending it's it, it's something urgent and this is the framework that i found uh, that was wo woven into post normal science you, you guys like me you you've come across that phrase post normal science we're into post normal science you, you guys like me you you've come across that phrase post normal science where it's an excuse for the powers that be you know, to throw rationality out of the window and to, to essentially say, look, um, actions must be done urgently. Again, that links very neatly with the Hegelian dialectic, problem, reaction, solution. Uh, and what always happens is the post-normal scientists, they've already had the plan prepared. You know, again, a lot of people don't realize, again, I like to mention it because it was a shocker for me at the time. Um, on the 19th of March 2020, uh, the UK government website posted a, a review of its special sci scientists who worked on uh, assessing the dangers of the COVID uh, virus, and they downgraded it on the website. They actually published it on that date. They downgraded COVID-19 as a dangerous and infectious disease. And yet, a week later, the British government published a 1,000-page uh, uh, paper through Parliament 
uh, urging lockdown. So again, these these post-normal scientists, these problem reaction solution, Hegelian dialectic people, they do coordinate their acts. And uh, as you say, Joe, the, the mass psychosis is a real thing and they, they need to whip up fear because fear is their number one weapon. Um, another thing I want to talk about, guys, is, um, you know, the, the, the way they use, um, you know, other means, social media. We've talked about the peer review uh, corruption. Um, you know, the, the mainstream media, uh, we've got to talk about that, Operation Mock Mockingbird, but Joe Postma, Joe Olson, Operation Mockingbird. What, what what do you think of that? <laughs> People mock me when I say that. Oh, that doesn't that doesn't happen now. That was way, way back in the day. Are we still living through Operation Mockingbird? So yeah, go I, ahead and take that. No, I think that Joe Olson, that's up your alley. Absolutely, uh, yeah, man. Go probably, ahead. For probably sure. you, Joe, Joe Olson, yeah. Yeah. Uh I've read the book Very Best Men by Evan Thomas, published in 1946, 432 pages on the uh, origins of the CIA. And then I also read The Devil's Chessboard by David Talbot, published in 2016, 455 pages. And um, it's obvious that one of the most evil forces on the planet at this time has been the CIA. And that it is, it is the mafia muscle for doing all of the dirty work for the people that are the actual totalitarians. So yeah, I'm I'm very well aware of, of how we manipulated from those people. In Operation Mockingbird, they openly admitted in the church hearings that they had control of over 400 um, researchers and authors on news media uh, nationwide in America. And they were not supposed to be able to do propaganda anywhere in the United States. They passed the Smith-Munt Act shortly after the CIA was formed, nodding, allowing them to do uh, propaganda on the American public. And then under Obama in 2014, they passed the Smith-Munt Modernization Act, which meant that they can now legally do that. And so everything that's happened, the Patriot Act, result of 2001, uh, is uh, a opposite of patriot it is to absolutely limit and control you and so bottom line is we're dealing with totalitarians and until you can actually see them for what they are you won't be able to see a way to get around this but human beings have a natural love they have a natural um uh, uh, understanding of truth and beauty and honesty and we all want the best for our children we all want the best for our friends and neighbors we want the best for our countries and we have to push against these people by having uh, alternative systems. And that's what we have to do. We have to develop alternative systems that are capable of resisting this power and expose the power every way possible. And Joe, what yeah. methods do they use to get control of these, uh, you know, academic assets and, you know, the other human assets? So there was a Senate hearing. I'm not sure if this was recently or if this was just something I read, but basically there was a Senate hearing with uh, the head of the CIA or a spokesperson for the CIA. And they were asked by a congressperson, um, how do you, you know, does in your securing of human assets, does that involve, you know, child sex trafficking and, and other such things in this CIA person says, uh, "You don't want to know what our asset, what our methods are for securing assets." <laughs> Basically, was his response. So they're using the worst uh, possible things you can imagine um, uh, to secure these human assets, aren't they? 
Yeah, can I just jump in there and just say that anybody who's not heard of the term Operation Mockingbird before and is interested in just doing initial research, we did post on Principia Scientific International quite a good article for this in February 2021 called Operation Mockingbird Outcome Facts and Summary Notes. And that was by schoolhistory.co.uk. And what it does effectively is it goes to back, it gives you a timeline of, of where it evolved. It gives you facts. The CIA effectively uh, after the Second World War was set up and um, doing what every government did after the Second World War is they had to have propaganda. Propaganda was a real thing during the war. You know, you could argue it's a good thing to build morale and to make people hopeful in the outcome of the, the Allies to defeat the awful Axis tyranny. But it never went away. They thought, oh, this is very useful. Let's, let's keep it going. Anyway, the um, CIA uh, implemented Operation Mockingbird. Um, and since 1950s, yeah, they recruited mainly um, through Cord Mayer and Alan W. Dulles. Yeah, they they devised it, apparently, the Propaganda Outreach Programme. And um, it had been very effective. And again, it came to light. Nobody really knew much about it until the Watergate scandal, as we know, uh, President Nixon was uh, forced from office. He had to resign uh, during the scandal. Um, the Watergate scandal, 1972-74, that is when people first began to realise that there was a coordinated operation from the CIA to infiltrate the media and uh, make sure the public weren't aware of the psyops, the dark, you know, dark arts of uh, you know these agencies, how they operate behind the scene with the black budget. And the black budget is considerable, guys. I and mean, we know it's in the trillions. There's trillions of dollars unaccounted for. Um, what it's spent on, we don't know. But anyway, Carl Bernstein, anybody who knows uh, the journalist Carl Bernstein, he published uh, the book uh, CIA in the Media in Rolling Stone in 1977. And again, he's a very good source uh, to do a deep dive. Again, I Bernstein, uh, very much a darling of the left. So again, you know, whether you're right wing or left wing, you can take it to, from Carl Bernstein that he, he is a darling of the left and he exposed that. Um, it's something we have to bear in mind. You know, today we, we see how anybody's persecuted over here in the UK. We have uh, a very popular guy, um, you know, um, Brand, Russell Brand. Russell Brand has six, seven million followers on YouTube. He's been exposing, again, a former darling of the left, you know, was, you know, catapulted into the media spotlight here in the UK and even across the, the pond. Uh, he's now the target of all these accusations, sexual assault accusations. Again, another guy uh, in social media for the men's movement, MGTOW, Andrew Tate. These guys are um, labelled, they're smeared by the media as, you know, something you know, beneath the pale, but beyond the pale, they're predators and so forth. But then the real predators, they don't get named. And we keep talking about the, um, the little black book, Jeffrey Epstein, little black book. And again, some of that points to Israel and Ukraine. Joe Olson, um, like me, you do like to get into the, the, the long grass on these things. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, do you see a, a connection between uh, what's going on in Israel and uh, Ukraine and the, the dark forces? Well, Epstein was absolutely running a honeypot, and uh, and it's probably even worse than that. It probably involves uh, ritualistic 
uh, sex with these children and sacrifices and as disgusting as it seems cannibalism but that appears to be and J Hakeem's work he's got five volumes each one about a thousand pages long where he documented thousands of years of history of this particular event so um, bottom line is we don't know who discovered water but we're pretty sure it wasn't the fish what we're doing at PSI and TNT is we're trying to help you realize that you might be in the water and you might be able to get outside of your fishbowl and you might be able to see the world completely differently. And that's the hopeful message we have going forward for your Merry Christmas and Happy New Year weekend. Joe Olson, you, you really summed up really well. Uh, we're going to take a break. This is TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. I want to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. And I was trying to figure out, okay, what should I say? And I got an email from a friend of mine, Dr. Gregory Wrightstone. Actually, it's his group, the CO2 Coalition. And you know what? This is too good to pass up. I'm going to read it to you because it just about sums everything up. It was a few days before Christmas when all through the town, the creatures were all celebrating the warmth they had found. The trees were all prospering. The veggies, how merry. They had such an abundance. It was extraordinary. Those stories were circling of climate alarm. The wise citizens knew they were feeling no harm. We're celebrating the season, dear friends like you. And we give many, many thanks for our beloved CO2. I think you can agree that is beautiful. In any case, a very, very Merry Christmas to all. Enjoy the weather and your CO2. It's the only weather you've got. JDRF's vision is to create a world without type 1 diabetes. The type 1 diabetes community is at the heart of everything JDRF does. We were founded by the type 1 diabetes community. In the main, we are governed by the type 1 diabetes community, we're energised by the type 1 community, and we're accountable to the type 1 diabetes community. It's on their behalf that we exist, and it's on their behalf that we must succeed. JDRF exists to rid the world of type 1 diabetes. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. So for us, that means rallying all the resources and all the people and all the organisations required to make that a reality as quickly as possible. The world's best researchers, exciting innovative companies and the passion of the type 1 diabetes community then delivered through the health system so lives get better every day, day after day, until the day we find a cure. To everybody in the type 1 diabetes community, no matter your age or stage with the disease, whether you were diagnosed recently or a long time ago, we need you to know that we are here working on your behalf to deliver a world without type 1 diabetes as quickly as we can. Thank you to everybody who supported JDRF in so many ways. You are making our vision of a world without type 1 diabetes possible. Using science to debunk myths from the pandemic to climate fraud. Thanks for listening to Sky Dragon Slaying on TNT Radio. Uh, welcome back. During the break, uh, gentlemen, we uh, talked about the idea that there's a spirituality involved in this, that uh, whether you're religious or not, it seems to be coming to the fore now that a lot of people are waking up to the idea that when you've lost faith in authorities, the uh, people are looking for guidance somewhere else. And uh, there's a rise in, in religious interest and spirituality. And um, there's a saying that scientists tend to be the most most believers, greatest believers in atheism. They're not, though, are they? I know that. I, 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 I woke up to the fact that scientists tend to be the, one of the great uh, believers in an, a higher power. Um, Joe Olson, you you have a story that 
I think you'd like to share, and I'd like to hear it about your spiritual experience. Yes, well, in the uh, 1980s, I developed a system of improving Houston with um, state-of-the-art civil engineering projects, and I presented them to city council, ended up being on the local news media, every station in the town, uh, TV and radio station, every newspaper. But I had a problem with my marriage that I didn't uh, realize. And then my ex disappeared with my children. I didn't see them for about six months. And um, I was in this hopeless situation where I was being bankrupted. I was being ground down by the court attorneys. Um, I was isolated. I didn't see my daughters for six months during the first initial portions of the divorce. And so I was under enormous amount of stress. And I was thinking, well, you know, this life just isn't worth living. And I probably should figure out a way to kill myself where my children didn't know that that's what happened. If dad just disappears, it's like, well, it's a mystery. But if dad commits suicide, then that stigmatizes them as being a way escape in their lives. And so I didn't want to do that. So I, I've been home alone in, in torrential rains for several days, and I couldn't go outside and absorb the outside environment. And I was just completely isolated. I was sitting there looking at the mirror, and I was planning on how to wrap chains around my uh, body and throw myself off a railway trestle after parking my car with the car keys so somebody would steal the car so they wouldn't know how I got there and they wouldn't even know where to look for me. And so bottom line, I was sitting there calculating how to do my own self-destruction. And I looked in the mirror and I said, God, why did you give me these great ideas and put me on this planet that's nothing but a bunch of Bosch Renaissance photos of people stabbing and, and raping and doing all these horrible things? And, and it, this planet is so ugly. And all of a sudden, I was like lifted with this light out of my bathroom, and I kept rising up like I was going up through the air, and I was looking down at the earth, and I was going, my God, what a beautiful earth. It's like so wonderful. And then I got up to the point where I was at the outer limits of space, and I looked around, and space was cold and silent and a complete void and all you had was just tiny little dots of light and i looked back at earth and i went oh my god do, am i really ready to lead this life or do i have more important things to do on earth at that point i snapped back down into the bathroom i looked myself in the mirror and i said you're going to defeat all of the forces of evil that you can find on this planet because that is your destiny from God. And so from that moment forward, I've carried that as kind of an inspirational thing for me. And uh, I've tried to maintain that same thought pattern, even though this is a story that I seldom share uh, because it's, you know, it's really personal. But bottom line is, if you're at a terrible point in your life, don't start looking for an exit that seems like the easy exit. Because just like we mentioned before, hard times make good men. If you've got hard times, let it make you into a good man or a good woman, because that's what this earth needs. And, and find your inner strength. And whether you believe in one God or another isn't really important. The thing is, we're here as a carbon life form, and we are leaving carbon footprints on this planet. And we are capable of doing enormous good things 
in our lives. And that's what you need to be focusing on on a daily basis. Yeah, I, I like to now just frame it in, in a scientific context because that is our, you know, that's our baby, really, science. And, uh, you know, I, I tend to think of the pineal gland. It's called the spirituality bone in the, in the body, the idea that it's the third eye. And um, we posted an article on Principia Scientific uh, a couple of years ago called Researchers Identify Brain Circuit for Spirituality. And uh, more than 80%, the, the article found that more than 80% of the population would consider themselves to be religious or spiritual. And there's a definite, uh, for using brain scans, they've actually found that there is you know, phys uh, physicality. There's some function in, in shown through ne neuroimaging through MRI scans that shows that there are parts of the brain that do are receptive to spirituality. There was a study performed by Brigham and Women's Hospital, and it took a, an approach where it mapped spirituality in the human brain. Um, it's, you know, evolving research, guys. It's something that, you know, we can't speak with any great authority on. But just for context, you know, the idea that scientists are not believers in spirituality, just look at uh, somebody like Albert Einstein. You know, he was a great believer I'll give you a quote, one or two quotes I, I like. Uh, he said, I no longer believed in the known God of the Bible, but rather in the mysterious God expressed in nature. Um, the amount of scientists, you know, from Isaac Newton, Charles Darwin, others who contended that there's some other power, there's some other force that maybe, you know, I know that there's the opposite end. You know, Richard Dawkins famously is anti-religion. But it's an interesting debate, and it's, it's part of the unknowable part of human existence, isn't it? We can't really know for sure if we are, you know, part of a, a greater plan or not. Um, Joe Posmo, what do you think? Well, Descartes called the pineal gland, which you just brought up, uh, the seat of the soul. Descartes was one of the most uh, brilliant philosophers of all time. And uh, he had identified, you know, he did uh, a lot of anatomy back then, was obviously a, somewhat of a new science. And he had identified, yeah, this pineal gland, uh, which, you know, if you look at most of the organs in our body, you know, we have a, a what's it called, a bisected body. So, so you know, we have, a, you know, two kidneys, for example, two arms, two legs, two eyes, things like that. The organs, which are singular, are, are very unique uh, structures in our body that, that perform very, very fundamental and important tasks for survival. Anyway, the pineal gland, Descartes identified that as a seat of the soul. A lot of the practices, uh, such as the humming that you see uh, yogis doing, that's actually uh, for setting up a, a resonance wave, uh, just from sound inside your head uh, in order to stimulate that gland. Um, if you can also stimulate that, uh, that gland, the pineal gland, through uh, electromagnetism, through magnetism, um, it can provided if you do that in the correct methods, uh, you can have the experience, which Joe Olson just talked about, um, out-of-body experiences, uh, connecting with your higher self, with higher powers, with, with uh, you know, what people would have, you know, always called God and angels, uh, your, your higher self, holy guardian angels, all these sort of spiritual, uh, profound spiritual experiences. And it sort of opens up uh, the idea that there is a, a world of spirituality beyond this human uh, condition we're experiencing. And of course, uh, and one of the best ways to understand that is, you know, a, a very simple way is Plato's allegory of the cave, where we are in our body and we are viewing the senses and we think that this is the reality uh, because it is presented to us in front of our eyes. But in fact, there is another reality, a true light, so to speak, which is the spiritual reality, which is our true home and where truth is actually 
found and we are just in this cave for this experience possibly as prisoners possibly just as uh, students uh, children uh, learning uh, what existence is, is like whether you know so which way that falls it's it's unclear Plato Plato used the analogy of prisoners other people use the analogy of where we're, we're students we're, we're children undergoing this experience uh, but given that then we also have this other side and this is what Joaquim Gopian, uh, who's been brought up uh, several times, we're, we're having him on, uh, on our next show next week, I believe. Yep. He makes reference to a machine intelligence, I believe, called these archons. And these are beings which have somehow become totally disconnected from that spiritual element which humans have. And that's why they hate us. Like, you know, we're talking about all this massive manipulation levels of manipulation which we're suffering you know we're talking about that quote from jfk and hoover where they're finding this conspiracy that they can't even imagine exists right it really becomes apparent that something is out there that freaking hates us it hates us so badly and it seems to be that yeah there's this machine intelligence out there that's become disconnected from if you want to call it source, spirit, God, whatever it is, this connection that humans have, and they want to take that away from us. And so that comes down to your food poisoning, your vaccines, which damage the brain and cause brain damage. It's very well known that, you know, maybe the vaccine theory is good, but the vaccines are coming with all these adjuvants, which are so toxic, literally melt portions of your brain away. They would probably love nothing more than to, yeah, do that research on the spiritual, you know, call it circuitry, in the brain and have some sort of new vaccines for some new disease but they're actually just melting these portions of your brain away destroying your pineal gland of course that's the whole this goes back you know a long time most people know about this about fluoride in the water fluoride mm. causes uh that pineal gland to basically seize up to stop secreting uh you know what the what the pineal glands gland secretes is uh, apparently dmt right uh, that so if you seize it up you stop you you stop it from being able to produce these uh you know that's what glands do they secrete hormones and other chemicals right uh, so dmt of course is is one of these uh so-called spiritual uh, uh chemicals um what are they called en entheogens or something anyway people go to the the rainforest now in south america and and uh, consume ayahuasca and ayahuasca apparently causes this big dmt hit or some some sort of hit one of these chemicals that that the that the pineal gland responds to and gives you these uh, spiritual experiences anyway it seems to be that we are facing uh, an insane machine intelligence and that connects obviously right back to what we've been talking about intro of the show this climate change stuff and this apparent plan it's pretty well concluded and i know it sounds insane but this plan to end all life on earth they want to wipe out life on earth well who would want to do that an insane machine intelligence that hates spirituality because it can't connect to it it can't understand it can't connect to it so its only response then is to destroy it which looks like hatred of it you know as far as it's concerned it's probably just a computation i don't understand this get rid of it you know for us because we have emotions and spiritual connection we perceive it as a hatred and it is is a is a hatred so isn't it? It is a hatred of uh, of of Earth life. What what could you what else could you call it besides a plan to geoengineer the Earth uh, by removing sunlight, and removing carbon dioxide, removing the basis of life that destroys all life on Earth? There seems to be a machine intelligence out there that wants to destroy us, and it, it, that that simply seems to 
you, as insane as it sounds. Um, it, it sounds insane to a lot of people, uh, and you know, on, on its face, yeah, as scientists, those who work in the sciences, we 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 must be skeptical and always skeptical. But Joe Olson, you, we've known for a long time there's an incredibly irrational move to the florida fluoridation of water. Um, it's very much very contentious isn't it that fluoride has any real health benefits you know, it's been argued debated many many times over and over you know the the upside and the downside of fluoride um and it's, it's well in fact that uh, fluoride does cause calcification of the pineal gland and uh the old tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theories again they say you have to protect your third eye it's the um the idea of the, the chakra in hindu hindu religion the idea that you have to have the pineal gland to be truly spiritual. Uh, Joe Watson, do you want to make a comment on that? Yes, this is an article I wrote uh, for Principia Scientific, August 3rd, 2020. Wu flu bat stew news for you. The hydroxychloroquine decalcifies the pineal gland. It also decalcifies the thyroid and the pituitary gland. How they're no calcified. They yeah, yeah. And, and what happens when you ingest chlorine and fluoride, those are halogens. They displace the uh, higher order halogen iodine, which is necessary to have functional hormone and immune systems. And it, it affects all three of those glands. So by taking hydroxychloroquine, which is nothing but a stabilized version of quinine, which is a naturally plant derived from the bark of the Chinua tree in South America, over the counter in all of Latin America, all of Africa, and all of the Far East, because it's the best treatment and prevention for malaria that there is, and it's not patentable. And so bottom line is there's no pharmacy that, that makes it that is making an enormous profit off of it. So it doesn't benefit him. But the side benefits are that you get a better functioning immune and hormone system in your body by eliminating these dangerous halogens from your diet, number one. And number two, eliminating the use of uh, hydroxychloroquine. So uh, kind of amazing that we're giving all of these chemical solutions to the problems that are being created by the people that are supposed to be giving us chemical solutions to solve problems. Yeah, it's ironic that during the pandemic, we talked about uh, three years ago, we talked about the alternative treatments and prophylactics and uh, the idea that you can make your own quinine, in effect, hydroxychloroquine, you can make it from the peel, rind of lemons and limes and things like that. Um, it, it's amazing at what you can do for yourself to prevent ill health. And uh, I, I actually bought into that really well. I, I read the articles that we published on Principia Scientific about the uh, the gin and tonic as a drink used during the British Empire in India as, as a way of, of prophylactic to prevent malaria, as you say. And uh, ever since that time, I've been drinking every day a, a, at least a litre of uh, tonic water, Indian tonic water. You know, I know that the quantities are very minimal. And I know that it may be, you know, just a hypothesis that can't be validated. But, you know, we like to try things. We're open minded. And I think that that's the key, isn't it, for what we do at TNT Radio and, uh, and Precipice Scientific. We're, we like to be open minded to new ideas. We're not gatekeepers, are we, gentlemen? We do like to share thoughts and ideas. And uh, we get very interesting guests on the show who we may not always agree with. But, you know, we do like the conversation. It, it's been a very wide ranging uh, two hour episode of sky dragon slaying today and uh joe Olson, it's such a pleasure to have you back sorry that you're not well um we do want to have you back again you know from time to time and, and giving your insights 
Um, but I think to wrap it up, I think it's fair to say that 2024, 2023 has been a, a disaster for the globalists. Uh, the, the agenda for the climate is unraveling very badly. Vaccine injuries coming to the fore, the idea of sudden death syndrome. It's, uh, people are waking up to that too. We can't trust the medical professions. We can't trust Big Pharma. And we can't trust those government climate scientists. So uh, again, again, do your own research. Uh, we're here to help you at TNC Radio and Principia, Principia Scientific International. For myself, Joe Posma and Joe Olson, thank you for being with us on TNT Radio, Sky Dragon Slaying.